This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by... It's Steve Anglesey here, Snowflakes. How are you? It's Easter. It's Easter. What are you doing for Easter? Chocolate and things and bunnies? Yes, chocolate and bunnies. Bunny, That's basically what I'm doing. Rabbits. Bunny, rabbits well, and chocolate it's a very and all of that kind of stuff. It's a very special treat, Steve, because again and again, and we, we meet a lot more than we used to, actually. We meet listeners now. Yes, we do. Because we it's probably because there. there's more of them than there used to be. And what do listeners say that they like? Lasagna and beans. They like lasagna and beans. And second... Second to lasagna and beans, they like the Brexiteer of the Week. They love the Brexiteer of the Week. So what I have painstakingly done yeah. is pick one of my favourite Brexiteers of the Week from the past sort of nine or ten months. Okay. And I've spliced them all together Okay. in a big bundle of Brexit fun. Good, excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing this. I'll put a big bow on it. Yeah. And it's huge. And it's there for you, listener. But in the middle, it is hollow. It's a little slow, <laughs> as, as is Brexit itself. Um, good. Um, I think the Brexiteer of the, the, the week has changed over the, the you know, the, the three years that we're doing it. Mm. I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it used to be more about random people, people who were interviewed on the <clears throat> news or people who'd written stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was it had more randoms in it, didn't it? Yeah, and yeah. So Brexiteer of the Week has changed, hasn't it? It's evolved. And um, what has happened as, as time has passed, it, when we started doing this, or when I started doing this, it was more about sort of random people and silly things that they said or done when they wrote to newspapers or they popped up on TV mm. or, uh, or, or or something like that. And <clears> there was a <throat> smattering of mainstream politicians in there as well. It was the odd way. It, was, it seemed, it was, and it was terribly funny, always has been, of course. Thank you. But it would be the sort of guy going, well, I voted leave, but I never thought leave. it actually exactly, happened. Yeah. That sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There'd be a lot of those and people who brought out soft drinks called Brexit and people <laughs> who called their dogs Brexit and stuff yeah. like that. What has happened is that those people have gradually fallen away. I'm sure they're still out there saying crazy things. But what's happened is that the mainstream politicians have become more and more ridiculous. And so it's been yeah, more and more about exposing their uh, contradictions, hasn't it? Is this, is this your fault? Do you think by, by giving those 
the I've members given the of the oxygen public, of publicity. the oxygen publicity, the the MPs, they they hold a mirror. They want to be like the electorate. Can I get into Brexiteer of the week? And then they've they've well, as become. We know, oh man, this is all your ta- fault. Chloe Wesley from the taxpayers' allowance with uh, allowance alliance rather. <laughs> taxpayers' allowance. That's that was yeah. yeah that's that's the, on tax uh, <laughs> Freudian slip there. But she was delighted, wasn't she, to be Brexiteer in the week? But confe- but professed herself to be disappointed that she was only number two and she not was number second. one. She, she said life goals, I think, didn't she? Yeah, but then absolutely. I've repeatedly asked her to come on the pod and have a chat about she doesn't Brexit and she won't do it. And what would she say if she came on here? We voted to take back our laws, our money. What does she always say? Anyway, she's been <laughs> she in it and she, and she will makes be it in rhyme. She does. <laughs> she does. Let's not get started on Chloe Wesley. Oh, Chloe, I love you. Please come on our podcast. We come and do your poetry on our, on our podcast. It would be ace. It would be ace. Anyway, so... So, here this, are... This is it, isn't it? Yeah, here Picked are... Up by your own fair hand. Absolutely, they're my favourites, to be honest. Right. And I have to tell you that... And I'm not just saying this. The the, the very last Brexiteer... That, the very last Brexiteer of the week, which you'll get to in about, I don't know, 35 or 40 minutes, is Steve's best gag he's it's ever my told. Favorite and one. I still laugh. Your favourite I'm one. still laughing about it now. I mean, just listen back to it. It's brilliant. Marvelous. So stick with it all the way through. Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Exeter of the week. Welcome back, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, good, good. Um, Brexiteer of the week. The Brexiteer of the week. Can uh, can we start with Darren Grimes, who I've written quite a bit about this week uh, in my exciting new look Brex Factor column in the the print edition of the New European. It's very good. Um, Darren Grimes been on Twitter. He said uh, he, he told his followers. Two years on, and the sneering, arrogant Remainers still don't get why they lost. Well, it's just a guess, Darren, but <laughs> it's part of the reason that you and your mates broke the rules about spending. Is that it? Um, let's turn now to Ian Duncan Smith. Remember, remember, sort of during the election campaign when we were all saying Theresa May was like the Maybot, and she kept just repeating the same phrases. Strong and stable. And we were just saying she got stuck. Well, Ian Duncan Smith, I think. He might be the the id spot because he got stuck <laughs> High DS one thousand on a single word on the Today program the other the other day, and I've not got the recording of it sadly, but I've written it down what he said, and see if you can spot the word that he said a lot. A lot of employers simply have not bothered to try and find UK people to work. I think the best thing to do is to work with what we have got and make it work for everyone around the world. People come here for work, but they need to have work to come to here. And that work needs to have been agreed and accepted that there isn't a person in the UK who could do that work and has the skills to do that work. Sounds like Rihanna. Yeah, it's, that's right. And that's why they used to call him the work, 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 and pension secretary, <laughs> obviously. Very good. Um... Now, James Dellingpole, can I discuss James Dellingpole for a minute? Of course. Right-wing columnist, he writes for Breitbart, um, and he's a, a hard Brexiteer, very hard Brexiteer, because this week he was imagining what the people of Britain are saying, and he, he said the people of Britain are saying, we voted Brexit, give us Brexit, give us Brexit strong and hard, Boris. <laughs> Sure, the people of Britain really are saying <laughs> that, but it does um, it does add new meaning to the phrase "hard Brexiteer." Um, Neil and Christine Hamilton, it's it's a sad week for them, my, isn't it? Oh, my friends! I was Your friends, we were chatting. Yeah. My, me and my buddy were talking about this because he's aware and of my affection for for, for Christine. For Christine, Chris, and, well, she's lost her job, hasn't know, she, as a charity ambassador for Muscular Dystrophy UK, just because she tweeted a picture of hooded Ku Klux Klan members with the caption, if the burqa is acceptable, then presumably this is too. They didn't like that. No. For some reason. And Neil Hamilton, he w- he went for his job back, didn't he, as the leader of UKIP in <laughs> the Welsh Assembly. But he lost out to Gareth Bennett, um, who is currently facing a standards investigation after spending £10,000 worth, uh, nearly £10,000 worth of taxpayers' money on a constituency office which never opened, ah. and who in 2016 blamed migrants for dropping litter uh, in Cardiff. He said uh, at the time, I think with some of the ethnicities that have moved in, possibly the Eastern Europeans, they just don't have any aware of the hygiene, any awareness of the hygiene problem. 
Um, so, um, so Neil Hamilton, to, to recap, not as good as a man who's under investigation for the standards uh, uh, committee and, uh, and thinks that migrants all drop litter. So it's a sad week for the Hamiltons. Not a good week. Another couple, golden couple of Brexit. Yeah. Marnie, Joe oh, Marnie. Yes. And Henry Bolton. Yes. Did you read this story? No. So, um, so Joe Marnie and Henry Bolton have now admitted that they didn't actually split up after all. When, do you remember when <laughs> yeah, she wrote yeah. the bad tweets yeah, yeah. or the bad messages about Meghan Markle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he said he was the UKIP leader at the time, wasn't he? And he said he dumped her and then... But it was so obvious he had it was when he was on the Today programme that morning, yeah. just after Christmas. That was brilliant. Yes, it was. When he sort of went... <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, she has talk, been talking to the Mail on Sunday, fantastic uh, piece, about how she had to be holed up in his flat during their fake breakup. And she kept a real sense of perspective about it. She said, we uh, had to keep the curtains drawn. I wasn't even allowed to go near a window. It went on for weeks on end. I felt like Anne Frank during the war. Oh, my God. So, yeah, self-awareness. Jesus Christ, and yeah. um And... Uh, she also revealed, though, that, that when Henry Bolton, they travelled to the meeting, which he ended up losing his job at. Yeah, um, that was weird. Uh, and he'd forgotten to pack any of his own underwear, and so he had to go to the meeting wearing a pair of her leopard print knickers under his three-piece suit. Couldn't he just not have worn any? But this is the thing, isn't it? Because it, Henry Bolton famously claims to have been in the French commandos, yet while under fire, he refused <laughs> to go commando. <laughs> So how how does this work? But the Brexiteer of the week is a guy I've never heard of before. He's a guy called John Elliott. He is a Yorkshire businessman. He's 74 years old. He's got a company called Ebac, and they make water coolers. And he has been checking in and out with Bloomberg uh, for a regular feature they do. Um, every six months or so, they interview sort of business people about how Brexit yeah. is, is affecting their business. And um, he says, if we stop trading with Europe, it won't be a big problem. Um, now, I don't know if anybody's pointed this out to John Elliott, but 80% of his water coolers he sells in EU countries. Oh. But not a big problem. But what I particularly liked, apart from that, was the fact that he's a keen supporter of a hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, and he just just get on with it. Mm. And he said, well, what about the you know possible return to violence? Well, you know... He said, um, they're just messing about with these funny words like a frictionless border. That just means no border. You've got to have friction. It's just one of these phrases Remainers like, which are meaningless. It's like saying, I can make a frictionless water filter. (laughs) So so we're comparing one of John's water filters with the return of a hard border between two countries, which may lead to the return of sectarian violence. And possibly to the um, the the, the uh, well the, the unification of Ireland. He'll want he he will be a Yexiter as well. He could be. He definitely will be. He definitely will be. Yeah, he'll be wanting that border down the Pennines. He will be. So John Elliot, the seventy-four-year-old, is the Brexit businessman of the week. Well, congratulations, John! What a glorious honour. You could put he could put it on his water coolers. He could, yeah. Little sticker on his water coolers. Brexit here of the week. It would provide a water cooler moment, wouldn't it? But remember, you can't have a frictionless water cooler. We have water coolers here. Do we need to go and check where we get them from? I think we need to say whether they're frictionless or not. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Brexit here of the week. Hello, snowflakes, and hello, Richard and Jerry. I'm sorry I can't be with you in person this week. I'm, I'm intimately involved in planning Theresa May's Festival of Brexit Britain at the moment, so uh, I, I can give you a little insight into what we've got coming up. There's going to be a no-flight simulator, you climb into a model cockpit and then the, drive the plane on a thrill-packed ride from the stand to the runway, and, and then, then you'll drive it back again because there'll be no permits to go uh, overseas. There'll be a Boris dancing event, You'll, you'll learn all the traditional steps while uh, reciting colonialist poetry. We'll be having Britain's most red-faced man competition. You'll, we've got an escape room uh, type thing that, that's called David Davis's Chamber of Willful Unpreparedness. So you, you'll be able to uh, search a mock-up of his office uh, for his Brexit plan. 
plan. Spoiler there, there isn't a plan. Uh, there'd be a Windrush experience. That's a sort of Parrots of the Caribbean-style ride. Uh, you'll be departing from Tilbury Docks to an undisclosed uh, destination in the sun. Uh, no round trips on that one. Uh, and then we'll have Wheatfield Runner, which is a, a really uh, super naughty video game where you have to hide from the farmer levels of uh, increasingly spare fields as the lack of eu subsidies begins to kick in and and we'll be having the tunnel of gove that's a sort of i'm a celebrity endurance test contestants will be crawling through a tube they'll have all manner of bees and water voles and north sea fish and free-range puppies and supermarket waste food all dropped on the head by michael gove and and, and we'll be having oh uh, we'll be having empty supermarket suite that's a tribute to dale winton poor old dale Winton, you'll be scampering past loads of bare shelves in in order to locate the country's last croissant, and and then we'll be having farmer crazy farmer Liam Fox's mechanical hormone enhanced bull. We'll find out what happens when he he gives the traditional fairground mechanical bull an injection of super steroids, uh, and of course there'll be a life-size statue of Buckingham Palace made out of spam. Uh, oh, whack a mole! Obviously, you'll be able to whack a mole and then have it for dinner. Um, so I've been planning all of this. But I have done the Brexiteers of the week. Um, Should we start with David Davis? Um, he claimed that the Irish border issue, uh, this is a refrain from many Brexiteers now, he's claiming that the Irish border issue has been greatly exaggerated, said on Sky News, it doesn't matter whether you carry a euro or a pound, you can buy your drinks in Belfast in euros and you can buy them in Dublin with pounds. And not only is this completely untrue, but it's just one more reason to never go out for a drink in Belfast or Dublin or anywhere else uh, with David Davis. Shankar Singham, I don't know if you know this guy, he is is the uh, a director of the Institute of Economic Affairs. Uh, it's a real refreshing change from the usual excuses that Brexiteers have about why Brexit's going so badly. Um, he has claimed that the European Union are using Brexit to weaponise time itself. Uh, he was appearing at a uh, IEA event with Jacob Rees-Mogg with David Davis. Uh, and he said, we must use time better. The EU has t- used time against us. We must use time as our friend. Oh, damn those pesky Europeans with their clocks and their watches and their deadlines and their use of basic timekeeping, all of that kind of stuff. I can't believe that they triggered Article 50 so early to confuse us. Oh, oh hang on a minute. That was that was actually us, uh, wasn't it? Nigel Farage now, and with his Leave Means Leave rallies in full flow, the nicotine-stained man-frog supporters ran a poll on his Facebook page. It was asking, if the UK was to hold a second referendum on our membership of the EU, how would you vote now, knowing what you know? Now, nearly a million votes on this thing, and the verdict came in, it was remain 63%, leave 37%. So let's hope Nigel respects the will of the people, and I look forward to his remain, means remain, battle bus coming to a street near me very soon. Now, I'm in an unusual position this week, because... Nadine Doris in the newspaper, the TNE newspaper, is my Brexiteer of the week. But I've had to move her down to number two. Nadine Doris, she was rattled by a demo that she saw outside the Conservative Party conference, which was held in the ICC in Birmingham, which you might remember from previous Brexiteers of the week, was actually built with £50 million worth of EU funding. Anyway, she saw a demo by the Labour Party outside of, uh, outside of the ICC, very rattled by this, and she wrote on Twitter, you will never see Conservatives protesting outside a Labour conference. We believe in free speech and democracy. Now, just a thought, but isn't the right to peaceful protest a hallmark of a democracy which embraces free speech anyway nadine's own website was then hacked by what she called unscrupulous individuals and they basically overwrote uh, her old gubbins and wrote that she was demanding an electronic defense system with solar-powered drones deploying a massive blockchain across the uh, Irish border, which is actually more sensible than anything Nadine's come up. Uh, Commenting on this hacking, she said, anyone who has got that much time on their hands needs to turn their energy to useful employment. And really, Nadine is is, is quite the one to talk about having time on your hands because despite being an MP on £77,379 a year, uh, plus expenses, she's got enough time on her hands to have written and published nine novels in the last four years. Funny that, isn't it? But the Brexiteer of the week, overtaking Nadine Doris, is Boris Johnson. 
for his ludicrous fringe speech, his ludicrous fringe, and his ludicrous fringe speech at the Conservative Party conference. It occurs to me, he said, that the authors of the Chequers proposal risk prosecution under the 14th century statute of Primunere, which says that no foreign court or government shall have jurisdiction in this country. He said this to wild applause. Look it up, he said, Primunere. And, of course, as the secret barrister has pointed out on Twitter, this would all have been very well. If Boris Johnson had only spotted that in 1967 the concept of primunire was repealed by the Criminal Law Act. So he doesn't know what he's talking about. Boris Johnson also said a people's vote would be disastrous for trust in politics. Now think about that for a second. Boris Johnson is calling out something for eroding trust in politics. It's very hard to, to, to write in a funny way about Brexit every week, but even funnier when your opponents do the jokes for you. So Boris Johnson is my Brexiteer of the Week. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. It is time once again to crown a Brexiteer of the Week. Steve? I'm, I'm back from out of my cave. Uh, it's quite nice in there. Um, Have you got room for a lodger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, should we start with Boris Johnson? Yes. Um, because he said that Carol Cadwallader's story was utterly ludicrous, didn't yes. he? And uh, I just want to remind everybody that in 2004, quite memorably, uh, he was asked whether he'd been having an affair with Petronella Wyatt, and he said it was balderdash and an inverted pyramid of piffle. Yes. And then he got sacked because it turned out to be true after all. Yes. And we won't even, let's not even talk about the bus. So, um, <laughs> yeah. David Davis, he brought a sick bucket on Andrew Marr, didn't he? <laughs> and not even because he had to sit next to Isabel Oakshot. Um <laughs> He's threatened to resign if Britain's fishermen are not handed control of their waters again uh, when we finally get out of the the EU. Give me back my waters. Yes, I need control of my waters. (laughs) And just before we sort of strike up Leanne Rhymes singing, How can I live without you? If it wasn't for the beard, I would think Leanne Rhymes was was a guest. She was in the room. But in November, he was going to resign because... Boris Johnson and Michael Gove had sent a letter to Theresa May without telling him. And in December, he was going to resign. He was definitely resigning if Damien Green got sacked uh, about the pornographic images on his work computer. And, and do you know resigning. what? He did get sacked, and they and they continue to influence Theresa May, and David Davis hasn't resigned. No. So I, I'm guessing he's not going to resign either this time. Um, Peter Bone. Yes. Peter Bone. He looks like Sven-Goran Eriksson. He's having a right time. He's the MP from Wellingborough. And he told that the uh, the Commons, a, new, a refreshing new take on this tedious story about where a British uh, new blue passport should be printed. He said that when the French people who are printing our passports get a glimpse of our new blue British passports, they are going to rise up. <laughs> He said, when the French people see this symbol of freedom and independence, they will rise up and they will want to leave the EU. They'll be burning Renaults in the streets yeah, of Paris. exactly. Demanding masked, it, burning their cheap EU's. passports, yeah. EU passports. I just imagine that first glimpse at, at you know, border control. and oh, What is this? We shall rise up! They were weeping <laughs> at the beauty of it. He, Peter Bone was famous for... He used to update MPs on the thoughts of his wife, Jenny, didn't he? When he, he, when he wasn't talking about the French rising up yes, and leaving. Yes, that's right. But he doesn't do it anymore. No. And that's because Peter Bone has formed a close friendship with a married physio who's 20 years younger than him. And perhaps Jenny uh, just rose up and left. Like <laughs> um, Gerard Batten, he's UKIP's acting leader. And I... I was ill on, uh, over the week, last weekend, and snowflake, and I, did, I had quite a lot of work to do. You were all right on Friday night, and um, and I spent um, and I spent <laughs> I had quite a lot of work to do, and I spent a considerable amount of time on Sunday listening to a speech by Gerard Batten, uh-huh. which is a remarkable thing in itself. He told a meeting in Gloucester that um, the the uh, Remain campaign was based on lies, and he said. Nobody on our side lied. There were just uh, a few facts and figures that were wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, um, but he's a master of contradiction, Gerard Batten. The other bit that I really liked about um, his speech was when he said that Theresa May had got it all wrong and she was trying to be nice to the EU 
and it, when she was negotiating a trade deal and David Davis and what they should just have done is go right we're leaving and you can you know take it or leave it and he said um, he said his tactics would have been we're not going to ask you we're going to tell you and we're going to do that in the spirit of friendship and cooperation oh, which I really liked that's sweet Neil Hamilton uh, he's UKIP's leader in the the Welsh Assembly, he accused children of being childish, um, which... Tends to come with... It the, does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it yeah. goes goes with the territory, doesn't just, it? Just there was a radio segment on Radio Wales about what children think of Brexit. Uh, he said that uh, he was really upset that it, the gang of 10 and 11-year-olds that were, were, were mentioned, uh, were, were interviewed on it, hadn't featured any teeny Brexiteers. <laughs> Um, and he said that he was angered by... But they could have had Pretty Patel on. Well, they could have done, yeah. Uh, he was angered by what he... Uh, I'm quoting here, the childish responses of the children. And he said that reporter Thomas Morgan uh, had failed in his duty because he, uh, quote, failed to question any of the childish answers given by the children to him. Yes, uh, and that is another example of the famous old saying: "Kids and disgraced former Tory ministers who lose their seats after a cash for questions inquiry uh, do say the funniest things." They do. My Brexiteer of the week, however, is Lee Hurst. Who remember Lee Hurst? Did he score the winning goal? For he England, did. Yeah. yeah. So Lee Hurst. Oh no, wait a minute. He's he the has. Guy he has the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ball the... guy. Oh. He used to be on that comedy sports quiz, and he's languished in relative obscurity since he left that That's quiz. Right. It had Nick Hancock on it, didn't he? He used to Another sit next one. to David Garr. And uh, he's gone into yes, Nick Hancock, yeah. And Lee Hurst left uh, that in 1998. And he's me. recently, he used to be quite left wing, Lee Hurst, but he's now a big Brexiteer on Twitter. Well, is and he a left wing Brexiteer, though? He's, no, he's a very right wing. Oh, right, he's okay. a right, he's, he's had a little conversion there. Right. And um, this week he wrote Ramona's really are the most pathetic bunch of loser whinging C's. I bleep them out, you oh, can see it. He, he said, Ramona's really are the most pathetic bunch of loser whinging c**ts. If you were stuck in a lift with them, you'd open your poxy wrists. They do not stop. STFUFFS, shut the f- up for, for f- sake. sake. You are anti-democratic twats. You have no morals, FO, which I believe stands for f- off. off. So altogether, they think Lee Hurst's career is all over. It is now. Lee Hurst. Off. You're the Brexiteer of the Week. (laughs) Brexiteer of the Week. Ah, Brexiteer of the Week. Brexiteer of the Week. Um, You know when you're just going through Twitter and you see something that is so mad and you sort of scroll down it and then you you sort of, you have to scroll back and and try and find it. And and this this was how I felt the other day when I was looking... Uh, through all my tweet decks, so many different things, many different people, many different um, themes, and one of I'm still a follower of Joe Marnie, not a follower of her political views. Clearly, but, do you follow her as a person? But I follow her on Twitter, and yeah. um, and she is, of course, was Henry Bolton, the short-lived UKIP leader's girlfriend, racist girlfriend, and she was having a discussion with some of her other Twitter followers about. Um, People, people's culture has been overtaken by immigrants. And she said, um, she said, you don't need an invasion of immigrants to be able to enjoy a nice curry. There's a difference between losing your culture and enjoying other cultures. Would you like to go to India and for them to have adopted British culture? I wouldn't. And oh. I thought I agreed with her because, it, God, imagine if you went to India... And they were all drinking tea and playing cricket. <laughs> what, what would that be like? Uh, Tony Gallagher is the editor of the Sun newspaper. And yeah. he, he was, was the secret guest at Latitude Festival that I went to. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he, he was came weird. out. Yeah, really weird, actually. He came he out and read some of his... Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, the last week... So when England went out of the World Cup, um, Martin Selmayer, who is the um, Secretary General of the European Commission, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he tweeted uh, a, a string of football icons and a, stri- a string of EU flag icons. And some people said this was Martin Selmayer taunting England for going out of the Euros. And he sort of said, well, I'm just celebrating the fact that it's two countries who are staying in the EU or, or yeah. whatever. He are going to be in the final. He is a he bit is of a, a prick, isn't he? Uh, anyway... Uh, 
and Tony Gallagher was foaming at the little mouth about this, and his little <laughs> bat ears were all twitching about it. And he has got little sticky out bat ears, hasn't he? And um, and his little glasses were all steamed up. And so he commissioned this editorial in the Sun, and it said it said Martin Selmer's an unelected bully. And it said, this tweet revealed so much, a total lack of empathy and class. And then I was thinking, well, he, he, that wasn't a lack of empathy and class from yeah, Martin Selmer. Yeah. And then I was just looking at the previous week's son. And who went out of the, the, the tournament a week before us? Yeah, Germany. It was Germany. And do you know what was on the front page of the sun? Lots of pictures of German footballers crying. Yeah. A massive headline that said Schadenfreude. And then underneath it, because... You know, frankly, he went, I'm not sure you lot will get this. Yeah, yeah. It said, it had the dictionary definition, pleasure derived from another people's misfortune. So, but that it was, you know... Classy. Uh, yeah, empathy and class yeah. displayed by Tony Gallagher. There. Played, Tony. Um, let's talk about Vote Leave, finally. Yes. Um, they've been fined uh, this week. One of their people has been referred uh, to the police. In any other week, that would have been the lead story. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, yeah. Squeezed it into Brexit, um, yeah. We mentioned Michael Gove earlier. He was co-chair. Pretty Patel was a Vote Leave campaign committee member. And I, I, a couple of things that she's done this week have really stood out for me. There was a tweet that she uh, put out that said, this is no longer an argument about whether Brexit was a good idea or not, but it's about democracy. And I wonder just why? Can you care to guess why Brexiteers like Pretty Patel no longer wonder, want to argue about whether or not Brexit is a good idea and just talk about whether it's, you know, about d- democracy? But what the thing that really stood out for me is, obviously now she is no longer the International Development Secretary. Mm. Um, she's got quite a bit of time on her hands and she's Good, good for her. She's sponsoring a reading program in yeah. local schools in uh, in is it Whitham? Whitham, yeah. Whitham, where she's the MP. And the other day, she went to Powers Hall Academy, and they were having a special Pretty Patel reading day, and all of the kids dressed up as characters from the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. <laughs> and she was suddenly looking at people dressed as lunatics. Little rodents and weird Victorian characters, and how different it must be from when she goes to all those meetings of the ERG with Jacob Rees-Mogg and uh, and all people like that. She's not talking to me, Pretty Patel. Is she not? I called her too stupid to be Prime Minister on Radio Four. Did you? Yeah. Probably a bad move. That is a bad move. Yeah. <laughs> I stand by it. Uh, true, but a bad move. If you want to talk to Pretty Patel, I don't. No, she's she's all right. No, she isn't. Nah. Darren Grimes, um, he uh, he Grimesy. set up Grimesy. Um, he set up uh, Believe, didn't he? And he has also been fined uh, and referred to the police by the electoral Twenty commission. big ones. Uh, and former fashion student Darren Grimes. Uh, also, I see, I see people saying. Why do you always? Why do people always refer to Darren Grimes as a former fashion student? Um, is it to do with his sexuality? Oh, and I see. and uh, it isn't. It's because Darren Grimes always used to refer to himself as a fashion student. Yeah. Um, so that's why. But a former fashion student, he's been fined and referred to the police over his part in this boat leave scandal. And he was on Twitter moaning that he didn't deserve the electoral commission's. Uh, what he said, it's the maximum penalty of twenty thousand pounds. And he said, my family have got very ordinary means and, you know, this is going to be very hard, all the hardship. And, you know, cheer up because maybe somebody will put £675,000 through your letterbox like they did last time and just say, spend it how you want. It'd be fine. Um, But the Brexiteer of the week is Matthew Elliott, who is the... The, the chief executive of Vote Leave, he hasn't. He's been his company have been fined, haven't they? He's yeah. not been referred he's, personally he to that, the police. Yeah. Um, but um, but I was looking back, and in July he was doorstep by Channel Four News, and um, and he said, uh, "I don't know why the Electoral Commission didn't interview us, and I'm disappointed that they didn't." And now we know from this Electoral Commission ruling that the reason why the Electoral Commission didn't interview Matthew Elliott is because it put in three separate requests for interviews, none of which Matthew Elliott or Vote Leave responded to. And I'm just wondering whether next month Matthew Elliott is going to come out and say, I have no idea why I'm sitting in the dark and I'm very disappointed that the food in my refrigerator is rotting away and now stings. 
and that will be after he's failed to respond to several requests to pay his electricity bill. Mm. So Matthew Elliott is fined, and he's the Brexiteer of the week. Congratulations, Matthew. Brexiteer of the week. Welcome back, Steve. Please crown me a Brexiteer of the week. Uh, let's start with Boreham Wood FC. Uh, because they might be mid-table in the conference premier, but the Hertfordshire side are sitting top of the Brexit League. Oh. They posted a 1,400-word statement on their official website. MPs do their duty. It wasn't just team news or anything like that. <laughs> What's it got to do with them? For, well, exactly. We believe, as mis- we believe that Brexit like. must mean Brexit, and we remind the intellectuals <laughs> out there that doesn't make us all stupid, nationalistic, fascist, ignorant, or all of those things. Please stop scaremongering us all about a no deal. Uh, so it said all those things. It, it did say all those things before it was deleted quickly when everyone went, why Boreham Wood FC? Known as the Wood. Uh, the Wood Not. The Wood Not. And uh, the lengthy rant went on, if we fail, we fail. Be prepared to show steel. Be prepared to fail. And that is an approach which... Boreham Wood FC are embracing themselves. They've not won since Boxing Day, three defeats in their last five matches. No. Um, but of course, under Brexit, things will be very Premier different. League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julie Birchall oh, yeah. is on the list. Is she? When I read her, uh, her well, I think batshit insane is the only <laughs> way that we can describe it. It was a debut column for the Sunday Telegraph last year. It was about Brexit. It contained the line... Brexit, say it soft and it's almost like praying, yeah. say it loud and there's music playing. And that was one of the more sensible lines. Beautiful. I thought they will never, ever let <laughs> this woman write about Brexit. And they'll probably say, can you write something about how you knew the Sex Pistols and that? <laughs> or, or what about when you were married to Tony Parsons or one of your other marriages or something? But anyway, the Sunday Telegraph are insane, batshit insane themselves enough to print another column about from Julie Birchall about Brexit. And this one is, she's been a bit contrary and she's taken the contrary thing and she's done a whole column about this, the frankly stupid idea that um, Brexiteers are not rooted in the past, it's Remainers who are rooted yeah. in the past. She turned it on her head. She turned it on her head, you see. I see. Uh, and she wrote, We leavers of the futurists... And our futuristic vision will see us through. Futurists in caps and uh, uh, capital F. And of course, uh, nothing is, is says forward-thinking anti-nostalgia to me than comparing yourself to the futurists, who of course were an art movement yeah. of the early 20th century, whose founder went on to support Benito Mussolini and write the fascist manifesto. Yeah, futurists. So well done. Forward with the futurists, Julie. <laughs> Only a hundred years late to be... Somebody who is not rooted in the past. Uh, Jacob Rees Mogg. I've ah, really enjoyed watching him hop around like yeah, a crawl yeah. on a hot plate this it's week. Good. Um, and some people on his own side, even Brexiteers, were going, Should he really have had a champagne celebration at his house um, in Westminster after Theresa May's plan A was, was voted down? And people, even Ian Dale, who writes for. Uh, the New European sometimes, who was a big Brexiteer, was he, he took umbro at this, didn't he? Mm. Mm. Um, I certainly and, think um, that the, the majority of uh, you know party Tories yeah, yeah. wouldn't like that. No, they wouldn't. And Jacob Rees-Mogg then sought clarification. He said it wasn't a champagne celebration. It was an impromptu meeting for like-minded Tory MPs. And later on, he said it was a meeting with drinks... And sparkling French wine was served. So, let's have some tips about, you know, what are, what's a meeting and what's a champagne celebration. So, at a meeting, a meeting is usually sort of lots of people, you know, dressed in suits, isn't it? It's held in a boardroom. Yeah. Um, you might be discussing, you know, moving one of your investment funds to Dublin. Just yeah. you know, in, in you know, in contradiction to uh-huh. all the things uh-huh. that you've said uh-huh. about Brexit, uh-huh. a, a celebration tends to be held at your house, doesn't yep. it? It yep. tends to be held after you've got something to celebrate, when you've got something to yeah. celebrate, like he yeah. had, yeah. and it tends to have, um, it tends to have sort of Bollinger on, you know, or, or other champagne or, or sparkling right, or whatever. Steve, hey? 
And he have you never had a meeting with champagne where, where champagne's been served? Never, no. And he, um, his son, his eleven-year-old son, I don't know which one that is. No, Pontius Pilot, yeah. Pontius Carmel, <laughs> Pontius Brexit, whatever. Reese Bog. Um, he was on on hand in a pair of, pair of bright red trousers. Yeah, well, um, okay. serving up forty-five pound uh, bottles of Bollinger to the guests. Fantastic. And um, I'm sure, it was it also, actually quite cheap champagne. It also it? quite cheap, yeah. And it also meetings do not end with people saying we. People were so pissed they had to go in search and break into his biscuit cabinet. And, the, and some another guest said the, the good stuff was flowing. That's not meetings and not like that. Um, but the Brexiteer of the week is Boris Johnson. Boris. And newly svelte Boris He's Johnson. He's newly svelte. Deep Pan Pizza's out. Yeah. Talking about the deep state. In. Yeah. And Boris Johnson, shameless... Boss charlatan Boris Johnson is <laughs> um, started talking. He started talking about the deep state. He did it on LBC with yeah. Nick Ferrari. Yeah. He did it in the Commons last week. Yeah. He's probably whispering it to his much younger girlfriend Carrie. Mm-hmm. Is she called Carrie Simons? The, yeah. the otter. She he's called. He calls her doesn't he? <laughs> Does he? The otter, and she calls him Bozzy Bear. Apparently, <laughs> and uh, he's I don't know. Yeah. And um, and um, he started dropping this, and he probably always oh, it the deep state. He whispers that in there. He's you know he is not very deep, but he is a state. Yeah. And the deep state, if you don't know, is a term that's used by tinfoil hat merchants to describe a supposedly secret power base of government departments, intelligence agencies, military authorities. Um, funnily enough, the term the deep state originated in Turkey. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe he's talking about it because all these Turks have That's swarmed it. into the country. That's it. 75 million of them. He is Turkish. Yeah, oh, he is a bit Turkish as well, isn't he? That's right. But far from a delight. And um, he said, Leavers feel that there's been a great conspiracy by the deep state of the UK, the people who really run the country, to overturn the vote in the referendum. Mm. And it, look, if anybody is going to confront this shadowy, hidden elite who really run the country, it is going to be a wealthy old Elditonian who used to be the Foreign Secretary and whose dad worked for the World Bank. He will get to the bottom of it. And um, it's weird, isn't it? Who else believes in the deep state? Prison Planet Paul, Paul yeah. Joseph Watson, yeah. the yeah. blogger who's in his little yeah. dungeon bedroom. Know him. Uh, Steve Bannon. Bannon. Banster. The Banster. Yeah, SB. Donald Trump. Trumpster. He loves the deep state. <laughs> and somebody else who loves the deep state is Andrew Murray, who is Jeremy Corbyn's senior advisor. Right. And he said last year that the deep state had blocked his common security pass. Do you know what? It's probably not that, because if you have a few too many and you try and go through and you get your numbers wrong a few times, they block you for like seven hours, because it's happened to me. I do like the idea that there is a shadowy cabal hidden underground. They're probably at Davos, aren't they, right, right now? And, they, they, and they're just, you know, there's loads of them in a mm. secret under... It's probably, block his Westminster pass. Somebody's, he's, uh, he's applied for a bus pass again. <laughs> block him. <laughs> So Boris Johnson, Bush Charlatan, Deep State Merchant is the Brexiteer of the week. Congratulations, Boris. Now, God, I can't stand Boris Johnson. We've got some. But Boris Where Johnson, would he be on your list? Who's worse, Farage or Johnson? Oh, well, this is difficult because... It's like choosing between a headache and a toothache, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'd rather have... Cockache or arseache. I'd rather have... I'd rather have a headache, but um, I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to choose either of those. You're not going to choose. Okay, oh, <laughs> that section was fun. <laughs> Brexiteer of the week. Welcome back to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with lasagna and beans. Yes, I like. What, about, what if it was beans and lasagna? What beans underneath? Yeah. Lasagna on top. <laughs> Secret All beans. the variations I know. that you could have. It's incredible. Break through the week. Let's start with our old friend uh, Nadine Doris. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, you know, a big week for, for Nadine for, for several reasons. Junk food. We'll come to that in oh, a minute. Okay, good. Of course. But started the week. She, she is, quite a few people in the Tory party, as in the Labour Party now, are holding out the hand of friendship to their departed colleagues, aren't they? Not Nadine Doris 
who has said of uh, Wollaston, Subri and Allen, Heidi Allen, Anna Subri, Sarah Wollaston, she said, uh, she appeared on the Politics Live, she said, we don't know what their policies are, we don't know what their beliefs are, as far as I'm concerned, their constituents are without representation. It, she, she actually went on to say, as far as I'm concerned, a good deal is better than a bad deal, which is what you think <laughs> about. It's clever, isn't it? Wow. Um, but it's the stuff about leaving constituents without representation. Yes, yes, yes. That sort of raised an eyebrow with me. Because, Why? of course, in 2012, yeah. Nadine Doris, during a parliamentary sitting, yeah. not during a parliamentary sitting, <laughs> she didn't just pack the <laughs> but while Parliament was sitting, yeah, yeah. she went off to Australia, didn't she? she? Did, yeah, 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 but I mean, but, but she, I mean, I presume she went off some kind of trade envoy or fact-finding mission. Well, she said that she wanted to raise the um, the issue of cutting the abortion limit from 24 to 20 weeks, didn't she? Right. And where better to do it than, yeah. you know, sitting in a group of people, including, you know, Tony Blackburn and Barbara <laughs> Tompkinson. I, I can't remember who was on the series, whether they were on series one. Of course. Um, so she did do that. She got suspended from the Tories for six months for doing it. She did. She How much did she get paid? She had to apologise. I don't think she ever revealed that. She gave up her parliamentary salary and donated it to charity for the time that she was away. She didn't give up her I'm a celebrity. No, because that would have been probably charity. 80, 19,000 pounds. She lasted 12 days in the jungle, by the way, during which time she ate ostrich anus and lamb's testicles. No change, some, some would say. And then she was the first candidate to be eliminated. And it's funny this, because I was looking at the list of the first candidates to be eliminated. Yeah. Do you know who else was on it? The, no. Who sang the UKIP Calypso? Okay, Mike Reed. Mike Reed. He was the first to be eliminated right, right. in season three. Right. And former leader of UKIP. Who went in the jungle? Robert Kilroy Silk. Oh, God, of course. The yeah. leader of Europe. And he was first out in season eight. And, so, and Nadine was first out in season 12. There was, Incredible. So there if was you're a Brexiteer, you first out of the jungle. There was I'm getting out. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> There was something on the radio the other day about... Oh, it was, it was a fabulous uh, documentary series about the um, fatwa on, um, on Salman Rushdie uh, that's been on Radio 4 recently. I, I recommend it uh, absolutely. Oh, it's available on BBC Sounds. If BBC Sounds likes now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it played a clip from Kilroy. Oh, yeah. And it, I, it just took me immediately back to bunking off school, you know, pretending you're ill. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing to do in the daytime. And then regretting it. Oh, God, Kilroy all day. I'm a Kilroy. Kilroy, it was amazing, wasn't it? Was it? Just, it, it was, was just like, prancing round. It was like Donoghue without the um, well-reasoned argument, wasn't it? And it, but of course now, you know, at least there was the odd, you know, it was all like should it used to be sort of people with knives. Should we hang them? But now it's just like hang them. Well, it's, <laughs> it is hang them. It's, it's but it's it's. Did my sister have my? Daughter's baby. Oh yeah, now should well, they both be hanged? Well, we, we I, my so. favourite Kilroy, and I, if anyone remembers it, then then please do let me know on social media. There was one Do about fox hunting. Have sex with a squirrel? I don't know, Steve. Maybe we can talk about that affair. Um, the uh, it, it was fox hunting one, and some sab had brought in a fox on a lead. Yeah. And a fox hunter went to try and stroke it. And the sab was like, get your filthy hands off my fox. Did he bring out a dog then for, to savage And it? then they killed the fox. Yeah, of course they did. Um, and so, again, Nadine talking about leaving constituents without representation. And, and I'm just pondering this. And, and, of course, um, and then, of course, on Wednesday night, same time as the drama in yeah, Parliament yeah. is, uh, some parliamentary drama is unfolding. There she is on the junk food experiment. On ITV, she was on with some a, a galaxy of stars. She was among Peter Andre, mysterious girl. She certainly is. Tessa Sanderson uh, of Sporting Triangles fame, and also uh, Olympic javelin thrower. Yep. Sean Wallace. Do you know who Sean Wallace is? Sean Wallace. Yeah, I thought he was the notorious B.I.G., but I think he's actually on the. Um, <laughs> well, it's Christopher Wallace, I think. But I think Don't he might, Sean Wallace. I is. think he's on the. I think he might be on the chase. Hayley Tamadon. Nope. I think I've had some Tamadon. I think that's where you <laughs> And Hugo Taylor. I don't know who any of those last people are. I think Sean Wallace might be on the chase, though. Okay, cool. Um, so I presume he's got a nickname. But she's on there, and I, I don't know if you saw. If you saw what this. have they got to do? So the concept is. 
that it's a 90-minute extreme scientific experiment to find out what our junk food lifestyle is actually doing to us. So for a week, she had to eat burgers for um, for uh, lunch and dinner. Right. Then the so next week, <laughs> she had to eat fried chicken for lunch and dinner. Oh, and for God. the third week, she had to eat pizza for lunch and dinner. Every day? Every day. Oh, for no, a, a no. week apiece. Three weeks apiece. And I thought, to, to prevent her leaving a constituent without representation, making sure that they still got the most out of her, she would naturally have planned this for when Parliament wasn't in session. Of course, because there's the plenty Christmas of break. nice big... But apparently not, no, no, because during the burger week, which was the first week, um, she, she said, I'm just about to go into the chamber in the House of Commons to give a speech <clears throat> of, on childhood obesity. Normally I just deliver my speeches myself from my head, I don't trust myself to do that tonight, so I've written out my speech. So for the first time in years, I'll be reading a speech. Um, and I've seen Nadine What, Doris because of burgers? A few times, and I think that she should reflect that she might want to try this approach more often when speaking in the, the House of Parliament. <laughs> However, look, at least she didn't have to eat an ostrich anus, did she? Or she didn't have to eat lamb's bollocks. So, so surely that's, that's fine, that's better than... I'm a celebrity, but, but it isn't, because, oh. because we ended up with the spectacle of... Well, I, I, I'm going to put this in the words of the, uh, the show's press release. Yes. Before the experiment began, Nadine's stool sample showed a healthy gut, oh. but now as she pops into the loos at the Houses of Parliament to give oh. her second sample, Nadine is worried what her latest results will show. So, essentially, Nadine Doris's oh, waste oh, oh. matter... Is being flung at our TV screens, and it's just not on politics live this time. <laughs> but um, is she pulling in a little Tupperware box in the house department? Yeah, Man. essentially. Man. There should be a law against that. Boris Johnson next. Boris, um, see his haircut. It's yeah. his new haircut. Hey, I'm trendy, guys. I wonder why. What, what could it be? I've got no possible idea. Just recently, he's lost weight. He's, he's lost got a weight. new haircut. I think he's got some new shoes. But I'll tell you what, his, his, um, his ideas for his column... I'll tell you what, though. He is... He doesn't eat junk food. I'll tell you what his favourite food is. Yeah, go on. Apples. <laughs> uh, and... His column ideas are getting as thin as he is because <laughs> he gets £5,000, £5,300 per column. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Boris Johnson. Yeah, that's famously why I was sacked from the New European. I had a column in the European. Yeah, that was only £5,200. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it said, he tweeted it on Monday morning and he tweeted it and his tweet said, I am getting sick of the constant suggestion that anyone who sticks up for Brexit must have far right tendencies. Now, Nobody that I know is suggesting that anyone who sticks up for Brexit has got far-right tendencies. Although I am suggesting that somebody who takes advice from Steve Bannon and talks about pickaninnies and letterboxes might just be construed to have far-right <laughs> tendencies by right-thinking people. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, why on earth is Boris Johnson, on whatever it was, the 24th of March tweeting, I'm sick of this constant suggestion that anyone who sticks up for Brexit has got far-right yeah, tendencies. Yeah. And then I'm looking further down in my timeline and I saw a tweet from this PR woman, uh, Carrie Simmons, and she tweeted three, four days earlier, supporting Brexit does not make you far-right, it's tedious, insulting and just plain wrong to keep on stating that it does. Yeah. And it was, I thought, who is this Carrie Simmons? And of course she's Boris Johnson's new girlfriend. Oh. So he's getting his ideas from her. Oh. Um, well, that might not be such a bad idea. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Uh, Julia Hartley Brewer next. Yeah. Uh, this was a great tweet. Just approaching the border between France and Switzerland, and now I'm in Switzerland. I reckon that took all of 20 seconds, uh, Julia Hartley Brewer tweeted. Uh, last weekend, she was in uh, away for a holiday. Yeah. Obviously forgetting, uh, A, Switzerland is in the Schengen area. Yeah, yeah. B, the experience for, if you're actually driving a lorry full of goods, which is what we're all worried about, rather than the safe passage of Julia Hartley Brewer <laughs> to independent countries. Um, and they wait, face waiting times between 20 minutes and two hours, and if that gets even worse, and just imagine it in... in, in I'm in, just in, pleased in, that, you know, two and a bit years in now, or getting towards three years, really, yeah. if we take the campaigning as well, 
people still don't understand this. Yes, exactly. People who are given a platform it's don't amazing. understand it. Her radio programme, which is on talk radio, is billed as the no-nonsense breakfast, which I think could be construed as misleading advertising there. Uh, Kelsey Grammer is the runner-up this week. Right. It's disappointing, isn't it? Oh. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, a, a great actor in both Cheers and Frasier, uh, not such a nice man, notorious um, in America for being a right-winger. 2015... He was uh, seen posing in an anti-abortion T-shirt. It had a picture of a pistol on it, and the slogan was, would it bother us more if they used guns? Uh, And now he is in uh, Man of La Mancha, which is a musical about Don Quixote. It's coming to the West End uh, later this year, and he's been doing a tour to support... The Man of La Mancha! The Man of La Mancha! That's Morrissey doing Elbow. Oh, is that is it a song? By, actually, a song by it Elbow. Is, yeah, it just sprang into my head, and I thought, oh, it's Morris. It's a Morrissey song, but then it's not. It's Elbow. It's um, it's it Elbow. Uh, you carry the taxi on, man. You carry on. Uh, and he appeared on Radio Four, uh, publicising this. It's got the Impossible Dream in it, which is quite related to Brexit, isn't it? Another good song. The dream the Impossible. That's a great dream. song. Uh, and he said, I overhear the talk about Brexit, and I think, why are they voting for it again? Why couldn't you just vote once? It's like you keep voting to get the result you want. Holy crap, it's been two years. What the hell? Just get on with it. <laughs> uh, and um, also Kelsey Grammer, uh, I, I remember this from 2016. I remember reading this piece, one of those what I've learned things in The Guardian yeah. uh, or questionnaires in The Guardian. Uh, name the living person you most admire. And Kelsey Grammer chose Putin because he is so comfortably who he is. Right. Uh, thus proving that uh, if the man who sang about tossed salads and scrambled eggs, bit of a tosser himself. Uh, <laughs> it's open t- arms by Elbow. And talking of this, well, open arms. Hmm? That's what he does, isn't it, in his stage presence. He's often seen, what's he called, Guy Garvey? Guy Garvey, yeah. He's often seen putting one arm out, isn't he, in what, if Morrissey did it, it'd be quite dodgy. Um, he looks like he's hal- hailing a taxi on stage. Yeah, I think you're right. I've seen them a few times. They're, they're a good seems band, to be. I, don't, I wouldn't listen to them. Well, the first two, first three albums are very good. I think once once they had that um, big hit with, um, which was on the fourth album. One Day Like This. I think then all of a sudden they were playing stadiums. And Married that. to Diana Rigg's daughter, isn't he? Is that right? Well, well from Detectorist. He dated... Well, she's um, also married to Mackenzie Crook in Detectorist. So how can that work? Celebrities. Because he was They're going, all at it, aren't he, they? He, he went out with... Um, Bowman. Yeah, who then went out with... From the editors. Oh, not the Society of Editors. <laughs> Paul Dacre? Yeah, that's right. Edith Bowman's married to Kelvin McKenzie. Oh, no. Not Bowman. No. Yeah. yeah. she's up to me. Edith Noman. I like Edith Bowman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, I don't know why. I just like her. I think it's because she's from... I think she's from Perth, isn't she? Where my mum is from. Oh, so um, Edith Bowman reminds you of your mum. She does, so, yeah. There you go, Edith. Thanks. Yeah, you've made it now. And uh, the Brexiteer of the Week is David Davis. Ah. A welcome return. Ah, and despite that, all evidence to the contrary, <clears throat> Theresa May's first hopeless Brexit minister, it seems like, you know, you wait, you have one hopeless <laughs> Brexit minister and then they just come along like buses, don't they? They do. Uh, and he's still convinced of his own genius, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's asked in an interview, uh, he was asked, he's done an interview with, with Tatler, which is a society magazine, and they said... Oh, do you... poor dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they said, do you have the credentials to one day lead the Conservative Party? And David Davis said, wrapped with self-doubt, as always, <laughs> he said, yes. Yes. And if this was an application for a job as a chief executive, I would probably win it. But it isn't. And this isn't the way the decision is done. Uh, He also... um, Imagine if he was actually in a job interview, David Davis. When you said there were loads of impact reports and then they didn't turn out to be any impact reports... What would you say? Oh, well, of course. Oh, look at my, look at my Swiss Army knife. I'm afraid I don't have much time for this now. I could kill you with my bare hands. And then you would say, um, when you said there would be no downside to Brexit and only a considerable upside to Brexit, what would you say? Well, I'm afraid I have to... Oh, well, I was in the SAS. A very important meeting. I was in the SAS, you know. Um, he also referred to himself um, uh, in the interview as 
the last of the great romantic radicals, which just sounds like a song by Morrison. <laughs> I am the last of the great romantic radicals. Now, does he mean? Does he mean? Because like I mean, Lord Byron, I mean, studied poetry, you know. Yeah. Does he mean a romantic, as in you know Byron and Shelley, or does he mean that he's radically romantic? So instead of a bunch yeah. of instead of a bunch of like roses. <laughs> Oh wow! Valentine's Day at DD's house. Oh, God, right? Oh, God, yeah. I was thinking more like darling. B D D S M. Very good, very good. I was just going to try and mention the Zanya and Beans, but there's no point. He also said to Tatler, "With no hint of shame, people call me right wing, but I'm neither right nor left. I'm all over the shop." Confused would be a better description. <laughs> David Davis, you are a complete fool and the Brexiteer of the week. Do you know what? I love him. Brexiteer of the week, that was Easter the special, of the week. Yeah. and we enjoyed it. We as loved you it, can yeah. tell. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. What quickly? If they can stop laughing, what can they do now? Should they do now? Well, it's only another week to wait, isn't it? It's only another six days to wait till the print edition of the New European is back, and then of course another week to wait, and we'll be back with a, a, a normal podcast. Yes. In the meantime, why don't you go on the New Europeans award-winning website? It's not won any awards. I, like <laughs> I, don't say, uh, I missed that one. NewEuropean.co.uk. <laughs> you can uh, join the New European um, Facebook uh, readers group. Uh, you can like the New European on Facebook. You can give us money if you really like to keep this podcast and all of our great work against Brexit. My um, sort code is forty twenty four forty eight. Not like that. Oh, but you can oh. go to steadyhq.com, search for the New European and join our crowdfunder. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at the New European. If you really want to, you can follow me on Twitter at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Porritz, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. Thank you so much. Mr Campbell, play us out. Here you go. Quid in it, he says, Yeah, he also <laughs> in my pants. <laughs>